Let's rumble. Let's war. Heaven versus hell through man. We win. Part 1 by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Genesis chapter 3 verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Figs are healing in property, but nothing would heal mankind. They experienced a rendezvous with Satan, or a meeting of the mind with the personification of evil, God's archenemy. Their eyes opened to his existence and realm. His being appeared desirable, and oh, so beautiful angel of light, that cleverly fooled Eve. She had no idea what evil was, or that her spirit, then connected to God, would die, enslaving her soul to satisfying her flesh. After all, didn't Satan appear as light? Didn't he offer her wisdom? Was he not perhaps wiser than God, or at least more generous than God? He would gladly teach man the bad, as well as the good, giving them the choice to accept either one. In other words, she thought he offered greater control of her destiny and a broader spectrum of wisdom. She bowed her knee to the knowledge of Satan. This was the original sin. God, on the other hand, created man to be happy, healthy children with beautiful spirits he could interact with. He gave them the planet, designed a garden for their home, and gave them dominion over everything on this earth. But as for evil, no. They were not to touch Satan. They were not to even take the smallest taste of the fruit of his mind. God, who is a spirit, was not warning them physically. He was warning them spiritually. Do not pay attention or tune your mind into Satan. He will feed you wrong thoughts, the fruit of pride and rebellion, evil, disconnecting you from me. God is holy. His children were also created holy in His image. Had the mind of Adam and Eve continued to feed on the thoughts of God alone, they and all their descendants would have remained the happy, healthy, perfect children He intended to populate the earth with and establish a godly, perfect kingdom. They and their descendants were to rule through the wisdom and love of God. They originally enjoyed an intimate family relationship with Father, who visited them daily and could receive counsel always from God's Word, the Tree of Life. Who or what was the Word? John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. A side note, Satan can only copy, he cannot create. Copies are inferior to the original. The Spirit of God communed with the Spirit of man only for our good. What was meant to evolve from the relationship of God and his family was again a perfect world built by a perfect people. Father, through His Word, would calculate the precise answers to the most complex desires of His children 
and feed these formulas to their minds for them to build their lives on. He would share his wisdom gladly with his children, wanting the very best for them. So, what kind of world could we have been living in today if we would have sought the mind of God? How different would our personal lives have been? In the beginning, all of creation blended smoothly together, was in total harmony with one another, as they were created a part of God's perfect plan for this whole universe. Everything had a place. Everything had its own position. Was accurately perfect. There was no conflict. What ruined it? The interjection of Satan's thoughts to the mind of man. Thoughts based on his evil wisdom, tainted by pride, and his desire to be in control. He wanted to be God. Unfortunately, it is this wisdom that the existing world is built on. All the works of man since the garden fall are governed by the imperfect calculations of the enemy and fed his thoughts to us by the supernatural beings he is prince over. Jesus called them unclean spirits. Again, it is their thoughts that are transmitted to man concerning the things of this world. It is all we today have ever known. Satan's tainted desires and his cruel will have become second nature to us. For thousands of years, mankind has trudged through life, the victim of the dark side of the supernatural. We, as well as our ancestors, were innocent of the fact that we manifested or brought to fruition the will of the enemy, or that our great ideas were not our own, but that of a rebel that came to kill, steal, and destroy us. What would happen if we across the whole world, men and women, would begin to understand these facts. As our eyes begin to open to the supernatural and we comprehend the horrible crimes, the wars, the abuse, the failing systems that govern this world are all the direct fruit of the evil spirits operating through the human race. What change would come about? Would we then begin to close our mind's eye, not automatically accepting the wisdom of this physical realm, and look instead into the supernatural with eyes of discernment to see who is behind our thoughts and actions we take. What if we would refuse to continue in playing a part in the enemy's plan to bring destruction to the earth? What if we would openly expose the enemy operating in our lives instead, shine the light on him when we do something wrong, not accepting condemnation and guilt? Notice I did not say shine the light on others, but shine the light on our lives. Some may ask, how can we do this? Let me explain. We can do it because it has already been accomplished for us. Jesus came to stand in the gap for all of humanity, to set the captives free. He too was born of imperfect woman, yet made a perfect walk to fulfill the requirements of Judaism, thereby releasing those under the law of Moses and setting them free, free from the consequences of breaking the law, free to be born again and start over. He walked from birth to the age of 33 a Jew. Matthew chapter 5 verses 17 through 18 Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. 
For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Then he exposed the next part of God's plan to restore mankind. Let us read again from Matthew. Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. He was now a new creature, anointed to continue to fulfill his place in the plan of God for man's restoration, able to make the walk for Christianity. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Born a Jew, but truly a son, the seed of Abraham, yet a sacred seed. He was also demonstrating the necessity of taking this step of baptism to become the promised seed of Abraham, enabling us to receive the promises made to Abraham as his heir. Only by being born again through this seed can we be eligible for the covenants and the promises of restoration. Galatians chapter 3 verses 16, 27, and 29 Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Continuing the plan to set humanity free, Jesus allowed the enemy through man to crucify him. He laid down his life to pay our death penalty, a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. To prove the power of God is supreme over all creation, including Satan, he then rose from death as the victor over the powers and principalities and all evil spirits that came against him through man, making an open spectacle of them, defeating them for us. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 Having disarmed principalities and powers, he, Christ, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. They have no legal right to us. He set those under the law free, Christianity free, all that believe in him free. Even those in graves at his resurrection came up free from the ground to show the world the power of God, to set even the dead free. Matthew chapter 27 verses 52 through 53. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many.
He even went down into the gates of hell, setting at liberty those that died before his time, at least those who in life were waiting for the Messiah. He set every fragment of humanity free. Again, this freedom awaits everyone that believes on him. If we're not born again, we may die physically, but we will still be taken to paradise. If we believe in him, we have an open invitation, just like the thief on the cross. Many, unfortunately, have not taken advantage of their full freedom because they are not baptized. But it's theirs to take. He died for the whole world, even though the world does not know him. It's all there, the glorious freedom of the children of God. All creation waits for the children of God to understand and turn on the enemy for blinding their minds with the veil of deception through Eve and to mentally force him out of their lives. All that must be done is choose Jesus over Satan. A child can do it. As humanity, we must give our hearts back to the Lord, receive his thoughts in our mind once again, and as we learn to communicate with him, let his word wash away the evil knowledge the world would continue to feed our minds. We must return to him as in the beginning. In other words, go back to the same scenario that Eve was faced with. Only this time, let us get it right. Let us choose him, the tree of life, that we may be a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord ourselves. Side note. Don't let the terminology fool you. We say someone is stubborn as a mule, clever as a fox, eats like a pig, etc. We know we are speaking of people, even though we refer to them as animals. When we call someone sugar or honey, we still understand they are people. We are in God's image. He does the same thing. He calls the devil a serpent or dragon, a tree of good and evil, yet we know who he is referring to. When he speaks of the tree of life, we understand he means Jesus, who gave his life to give us back our freedom, to be his children of God. So where do we start? We lay all we have been taught down and begin to walk according to Scripture, according to the voice of the Lord through the prophetic word, according to the still, small voice within us that guides and leads us to perfect freedom. In closing, Jesus, as a bright morning star, is rising in our hearts to shine the light of God on the enemy lurking there. As he shows us the fruit of the enemy, anger, lust, pride, control, etc., renounce it, refuse it, and do the opposite. God says our thoughts are not His, so our ways are not His ways. Let's change that. Let's turn on the enemy. As humanity, let us turn on the adversary that has been causing us to destroy ourselves and this planet all these years. Let's rumble, as the kids say, meaning let's gang up and fight. It's war, a time to pray, a time to praise. A time for big change. Armageddon is here. Heaven and hell come against each other through our minds. 
But the promise of God is, we win.